Welcome to the Doulos Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Confidence is a game changer. Do you believe that? That confidence can literally change a game. Now, this is perfect because I don't know if you watched it yesterday, but UT and OU Boomer, I'm not even a Sooner fan, but I'm required to say that uh, since I'm on staff. But uh, I was rooting for UT yesterday, hoping that they would come through. But can you imagine a world yesterday? I don't know if you're a football fan. It's okay. But can you imagine a world yesterday? There was two minutes left in the game. UT was down 14 points. Insane. And Sam, Sam Ellinger, could you imagine if he was like, we're done. We're not going to win. This is over. No. The dude had complete confidence, guys. We can come back. We did it last week versus Tech, which I was super upset about because my brother-in-law graduated from Tech. I was rooting for the Red Raiders, but we still lost because Sam Ellinger, man, he's got confidence. But that man walked out two minutes ready, and he came all the way back. It went into overtime. I don't know if you watched the game. Four overtimes, and then, oh, you won. Sad day. But confidence can literally change the game, not just with sports, but who, who of y'all have a job? Anybody got a job in the room? Yes. If your hand's not raised, get a job, okay? Get a job. Stop looking at your phone. Get out there. Get a job. If you're too young, it's okay. You can wait till you're like 15, 16, but get a job. But you see, confidence can change the game even in the corporate world in an interview. Say you show up, even if it's a job at McDonald's, and they're like, hey, man, why should we hire you? And you're like, bro, I just need some money. They ain't going to hire you. They're not going to do it. If you're like, hey, you know, wh why do you think you're qualified for the job? I'm not. Bye. Like, they're not even going to entertain the idea of you working at this company. But if you show up, even if it's McDonald's, you got a suit on, you're looking confident, you got some swagger, and you walk in, and they're like, here's where you sign. They won't even ask you a question. Because, like, this dude is confident. I mean, you can look at it in any area of life. Think about relationships, Okay. Now, my go-to back in junior high was, you know the love letters? Don't act like you don't. It was this like elementary, right? Where you're like, hey, do you like me? And you say, yes. Y'all dumb people put no. You don't put no. You just say yes or yes. Don't give them the option, right? But you, you do the love letter and you give it to that person. And they're like, oh, maybe. They, be, they get their own little option in there. No, you got to be confident. Can you imagine if on the day I proposed to my wife, if I was like, hey, yo, <laughs> we've been together for quite some time. And I think it maybe could be cool, you know, if maybe one day, possibly, I'm not really sure about this, if we got married. If y'all know my wife, she would slap me upside the head. She's like, bye. Like, that would be it. But no, I was confident. I was like, Ashley, I love you with all my heart. You are the woman of my dreams. Will you marry me? She's like, come on. <laughs> like there's something about confidence. Confidence is a game changer. Now I'm a weird person, okay? Uh, in high school, I took a marketing um, class at Ben Barber, shout out Summit High School. Yeah, nobody in the room ever said that, but... I took this marketing class at Ben Barber and I fell in love with it. 
Like it was all about commercials. And then you got 30 seconds to pitch this one idea and I fell in love with it to even on this day, I will like, I could be watching anything. My wife could be glued into the TV about whatever show we're watching. But when the commercial on, I'm like on my feet, I'm like, what are they about to say? Like, I'm interested in it. Like, how can you capture my attention in 30 seconds? How can you get me to make that phone call or buy that product in 30 seconds? But imagine a commercial for maybe your favorite product in the world, right? It could be an Xbox One, but they're like, hey, this is a pretty cool system. Don't know if you'd like it. You ain't gonna buy it. You're gonna be like, that's lame. I don't want that. But they're like, dude, this is the coolest everything you've ever seen. It's like, sign me up. 500 bucks, take it. Like, give me, just give it to me. But you see, confidence is a game changer. It can change anything around you. It can change the situation. It can change how you feel on that certain day. If you wake up in the morning and you're already feeling defeated, like, man, it's just going to be a bad day. Guess what? You're going to have a bad day. But if you wake up in the morning, like, man, today is a good day. Like, let's go. Confidence is a game changer. But you see, the problem is in this world that we live in, confidence is based on your competence, Now, let me lay that out for you. Maybe that's too big of a word for some junior hires in the room, okay? Your confidence is based on your competence in this world. What I mean by that, it's all based on what you know. And as Christians, this is where we go wrong. Because we're going, man, I I don't know enough about Jesus to tell someone about him. I don't know enough scripture to actually lay it out before someone. I don't know enough about heaven to actually tell my friend about heaven. I don't know this and that. It just becomes an excuse over and over and over again. But the beauty is this this morning, and this is what I want you to get at this morning. When it comes to scripture, when it comes to our relationship with the Father in heaven is simply everything John has laid out in this letter to us over the last five weeks has come down to this. Your confidence is not in your competence. Let me say it even easier. Your, what you know is not who you are. But what's really important is who you know. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And when it comes to following God, it's not about how much you know about Genesis. It's not how much you know about the Levitical law. It's not about how much you can explain the Trinitarian God that we believe in. What matters is that you know that Jesus is the son of God, that he came as a man, died on a cross, and was placed in a tomb, rose three days later, and now you and I have life. Amen? It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And that confidence will change the game. That confidence will shake this room. That confidence will shake this church. That confidence will bring hundreds of more junior high and high school students into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we will be able to see it with our own eyes right here at Crossroads. But the problem is, We've been focusing on what the world says, where we get our confidence from. And we come up with all the excuses. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to say when someone asks me about this. I don't know what to say to my friend. I just don't know. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And this morning, as John wraps up our series standout, my prayer and my hope this morning is that you will stand out in confidence. 
that you won't just stand out, oh, because Brian or Cole or Matt told me to. No, you will stand out in confidence because of who you know. Not any part of your mind will think, well, I don't know if I can uh, defeat this. I don't know if I can tell someone about this. No, forget it. The simple question this morning is this. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? And if you do, that is the confidence that we can step out and stand out upon. So I hope you have your Bibles ready. We're in 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 13. And this morning, John will lay out five ways we can have the confidence to stand out. He begins in verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. This is the key thing throughout the next few verses, that you may know, that you may know. And remember, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. He says, I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. That is the first thing. If you want to stand out in confidence, the thing you have to remember is you have eternal life. That's all the confidence really you need is that I have what Jesus has died on the cross to give me. I have the free gift of eternal life. And because I have eternal life, my citizenship is not here on this earth, but it's in heaven. And because I believe that Jesus Christ gave me eternal life, I want my friends to have eternal life. Amen? And so I'm going to speak in confidence. I'm going to act in confidence. I'm going to love in confidence. Every relationship I have, I will go in a manner of confidence because of eternal life. So the first question this morning is if you want to be confident, the first question is, do you believe that Jesus Christ has given you eternal life? You see, this is why he came. Before Jesus, we knew that if we died, we would have to pay the price for our sins, our iniquities, our shame, our mistakes, our problems. But Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, and all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our mistakes were placed upon his shoulders so that we could be restored to the Father and have everlasting life, eternal life. You see, for me, this is the, the biggest thing that gives me the drive every single day. Because when I look at someone, I'm thinking in my mind, are they going to be in eternity with the Father and with me and the people I love? Or are they going to be in eternity separated from the Father in complete agony and darkness with Satan himself? There is no middle ground. Are they going to be in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan? You see, I stand in confidence because I have eternal life. John continues to write to us this morning. He says, and this is the confidence. Say confidence. One more time, confidence. You got to say it confidently. You understand me, right? I believe this. It's true. This ain't just what someone says. This is real. So in confidence, this is what he says, that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. This is talking about prayer. I can stand and I can stand out because the confidence not only that I have of eternal life, but because of the power of prayer. 
Listen to what he says. He says, we can go before him as believers, as people united by the resurrection, with the same power of the resurrection. We can go before the Father and give our petitions, give our problems, and we can ask anything to him, and he will hear us. He will answer us. Now understand, it might not be the answer you and I want. Listen to what it says. There's, there's a stipulation behind this. There's, there's a requirement that he will give you whatever you ask according to your will. No, his will. Even Jesus wanted to align himself with the will of the Father. That's why in the garden he says, not my will be done, but your will be done, Father. You see, prayer isn't just this lifeline like a genie in a jackpot. It's not like, hey, man, I really need a new car. Boom. It's, it's nice to be a believer, am I right? No. It's, Father, I need this. I want to realign my life and my purpose with your plan for my life. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And you see, I can stand out confidently because of the power of prayer. Because I can realign my life with his. And everything that I ask, he hears and he answers. But remember, it's not going to be the answer you want. Unless it's according to his will and not yours. But we can stand out confidently because we have eternal life, because we have the power of prayer. Then John continues. This part is a little crazy, but you got to pay attention to what he's saying. He says, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. And you're like, whoa, John, what are you talking about? First, let me say this. If you ever see a brother and sister committing sin and you don't say something, that is the sin of omission. You see your brother failing. You see your brother going in temptation. You need to call them out. Or it's almost like, guess what? You're a part of it too. Hey, man, what you're doing right now, this is not the life God has called you to live. This is not who God wants you to be. This is not his plan for your life. This is not his purpose for your life. Let's get through this together. Call him out. But you see how John says it. He says, you know, all sin is disobedience. And all sin leads to death. There's a few things that really lead to eternal death. You see, scholars have talked a lot about this. And the two things they think is when you completely reject Jesus as the Son of God. There's no way he can be that. The other is when you reject the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus can't be the Son of God. The Holy Spirit, there's no way he's here today. But as believers, that is how we can stand in confidence, right? Because we know that once again, Jesus is the Son of God, that he came, he died, he rose again. And the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is living within us, that he sent a greater helper for us. And so when you see a friend struggling, when you see a friend going down the wrong road, we need to start calling them out. Whether they're a believer or an unbeliever. We need to go, hey man, I love you and I care about you. 
But I'm starting to see a few things that I just don't think this is who God wants you to be. And even if they're an unbeliever, do it out of love and grace. Hey, I, I know we don't agree on, on some of the same things. And, and I don't know, you don't believe the same God that I do. But one day I hope you will. And one day I hope you can put your faith in him. And one day I hope you can enjoy eternal life with me and the Father in heaven. But for right now, I'm just doing this out of love. Because I care for you. We all know sin is disobedience from the Father. Sin leads down one and only one road to hell itself. But with Jesus, we have eternal life. With Jesus, we have the power of prayer and we can stand confidently knowing those things. John continues, he says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. Everyone say right now, you can't touch this. Oh, come on, say it confidently. You can't touch this. I mean, you just gotta say it. Satan cannot touch you. And all the time we're going, oh, Satan made me do it. Satan made me do it. He didn't make you do anything. He can only distract you. He cannot touch you. And you see, this is what I believe. We can stand confidently, and this is the greatest one. We can stand confidently because we have victory over sin. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The battle's already been won. You already know the final score. You can watch the game differently. You can be a part of the game differently because you know Jesus already claimed victory over sin. He can't touch you. He can only distract you. So what are you doing in your life right now to keep your focus upon him? Social media, that ain't gonna keep your focus. Video game, that ain't gonna keep your focus. Netflix, guess what? It ain't gonna keep your focus. This is what keeps your focus. In a connect group, being surrounded by people that are on the same journey together, trying to become the same people together, the church. And you call each other out. And you stand confidently knowing that Jesus has victory over sin. He can't touch you. And I think a lot of times that's what we need to remind ourselves we get in these dark moments of our lives, we get in these lonely places, and we're going, man, Satan's got me today. He doesn't have you. God has you. He can't touch you. He can't even do anything against you. What he can do is simply distract you. So in those moments of weakness, in those moments of darkness, find the light. This is the light. The moments when you feel tempted, simply just get out your Bible. And we talked about this in week one of this entire series. We're called to be light walkers. And when light shines in a room, darkness flees. So in that moment of darkness, in that moment of weakness, just get out the light. Turn the flashlight on. Wake up and realize my focus needs to be here, not there. John continues, we're almost done. He says in verse 19, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. You see, I can stand confidently because I know that I belong to God. 
You see, something that we've kind of switched over the last few years is a statement you see when you walk in this room, when you leave this room. We say it all the time, but you belong here. Because we all know something that we want is to belong. That's why we choose the friends we choose. That's why we become a part of the extracurricular activities that we get a part of. Because we want a place to belong. We want a place where we feel like home. We want friends that make us feel a certain way. We want to belong. And guess what? You belong to God. You belong in heaven for eternal life. You belong with the Father. And Jesus paid his life. He paid the price so you and I can have that. We are sons and daughters of the Most High King, amen? We are heirs to the throne, amen? We will inherit eternal life. And to me, that's how I can stand confidently, knowing that this is not my home, this is temporary, that my citizenship is written in heaven, and it is written. Paul, I mean, not Paul, John ends First John in our series like this. He says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. The last and final thing, I can stand confidently because Jesus is the one true God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. Jesus is the one true God. And because of those five things, I can stand confidently knowing that my citizenship is in heaven, that eternal life is mine because I put my faith in him, that I belong to God and I have victory over sin. But if you're following along, you realize there's one more verse. Do you see it? Verse 21, John writes, little children, keep yourselves from idols. See, I started today's sermon all about being confident. That in this world, your confidence comes from your competence, what you know. And for a lot of you right now, your hesitations, your frustrations, your doubts, your questions, come from having the wrong thing on the throne of your heart. You think you're having these questions and these doubts because you're like, well, well, Jesus is number one. No, he's not. Let's be real. Your popularity is number one for you. Your talent is number one for you. Your social media is number one for you. And when you put the wrong thing on Jesus' throne in your heart, everything will get screwed up. And there's a reason why John makes sure that's his last words. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Jesus is the one true God and he deserves to be the one true thing in your heart. And this morning, what I wanna tell you is simple. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And my prayer is that you know this morning that your life is written in heaven. I pray that you know that you will have eternal life because of Jesus. 
because you put your full faith and trust in him. I pray that you know that you have victory over sin because Jesus claimed victory over the sin. I pray that you know you belong to God. And this morning, if you do not know that, you can talk to me, you can talk to a member of our youth staff, you can talk to an adult leader in the back, you can even pull a friend to a side that I wanna know who Jesus is. And you see, it's not about knowing more. It's about knowing Jesus more this morning. And as we continue our service, at any moment over the next few minutes, whether we're taking communion or singing songs, if you wanna make sure that you know Jesus is number one in your heart, find your way to the back, talk to an adult leader, talk to a friend, but do not leave this place today without the confidence in knowing that Jesus Christ was born. He remained sinless. He fought the fight for us and he was placed on that cross bearing all the weight of your sin, of your shame, of your mistakes, of your guilt, of your past, of your present, of your future. He bared it all. And when he said it is finished, that is the victory that we have. He was placed in the tomb. He was risen three days later. And because he gave his life, you and I can have life today. It's not about knowing more. It's about knowing Jesus more. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Do Loss Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.